Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything A. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today, Farm Credit Canada says this year's crop will be the most expensive ever planted in the country. We have details on a hog barn fire near Sturgis. Sask Soil holds a two-day conference in Regina starting today. An analyst says grocery store profits are on the rise, and there are some concerns about Bill 282. The farm weather's in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKR and Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Farm Credit Canada says the 2023 crop will be the most expensive ever planted. FCC senior economist Lee Anderson says the Canadian crop input market achieved record sales last year of $21.8 billion, up 26% from the year before. So it, we're projecting them to grow again, close to 6% to just over $23 billion. It's driven mainly from rising uh, fertilizer and fuel prices uh, the last year and just other supply chain issues. And, you know, the war in Ukraine is really driving a lot of that as well so the 2023 crop will be the most expensive ever planted in saskatchewan that's what we are expecting it to be we have seen some fertilizer prices soften recently but we're still expecting it to be the most expensive crop planted this spring what is the outlook for fertilizer prices and availability availability we are expecting fertilizer to be available for farmers in western canada Prices a little bit softer, like I said, right now, but that kind of depends on a lot that's going on. We're going to see a lot of volatility continue in the marketplace. And what about fuel for farmers? Fuel, we are projecting farm diesel prices to continue to rise in 2023. A lot of this is still driven by volatility in the global diesel market. Any idea how much diesel might rise? That could be close to 8% through the year. On the flip side, you could see potentially some downward pressure if global economic slowdown does occur. What about chemical and seed sales rising in the coming year? Do you see that happening? Yes, we do. We are projecting our chemical sales to increase about 5% in 2023. And of course, seed sales double that at 10%. Seed sales driven by the high commodity prices of the last year. So the general outlook on farm income out of this knowledge economic report? The good news is we are 
still projecting off-farm income, mainly for grain oil seed and pulse producers, will continue to rise in 23-24. So this will offset some of the increased uh, farm input prices. We're approaching the first anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. You, you touched on this. Give me a little bit more of an idea. What impact this has had on world farming markets? It's had a, a, a big impact on, on farming markets. We've seen curtailments in European fertilizer production. Last fall, they curtailed about 70% of their ammonia production. And this really led to a lot of that rise in fertilizer prices that we saw in the last year. And also on the, on the diesel side, Europe has just banned imports of Russian diesel on February 5th. Now, this created a lot of volatility in global diesel markets, and we project it to continue to do so. That's why we're seeing a large spread between diesel and gasoline prices at the pump. Europe rushed to buy a lot of Russian diesel before the ban. Now, after the ban, they will be going elsewhere in the world market to buy diesel, including North America. So this does put extra pressure on North American diesel supplies going forward. Uh, for the coming year, I guess there's still trends to monitor for what it will mean for fertilizer prices come springtime. We're watching seeded acreage estimates that are coming out. Currently, the market is favoring corn over soybeans in the U.S. From our perspective, this is uh, important to monitor because corn is a heavy fertilizer user. So if those seeded acreages exceed 92 million acres, we could see fertilizer prices rise more. So it'll be important to monitor how that has an impact this spring, and of course, what the drought conditions in the U.S. materialize over, over the f- next few months. Lee Anderson is Senior Economist with Regina-based Farm Credit Canada. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Spalding on 620 CKRM. A large hog barn was destroyed by fire Sunday in the Sturgis area, about 90 kilometers north of Yorkton. The barn was owned by Olimel. Olimel Vice President of Production Casey Smith says 10,000 hogs perished in the blaze. He spoke with reporter Neil Billinger. Yeah, a very unfortunate event, and um, our staff were on site. They spotted the fire, called it into uh, 911 immediately obviously exited and uh, the building and uh, waited for the fire department to come. But unfortunately, just for the size of the facility and, and how quickly the fire spread, uh, the fire department wasn't able to sort of do anything more than sort of monitor the situation. And uh, the, unfortunately, the barn uh, was completely destroyed. How many pigs uh, were inside? There was about approximately 10,000 animals inside the facility. And would they have been of varying ages or...? Yeah, it's uh, it's part of a production flow, so there would have been uh, young pigs and older pigs and uh, throughout the barn, and there's basically two wings in the barn, and so it's just, uh, yeah, it's a continuous flow sort of operation. Now, there's a second barn not too far away. Anything happened to that one? Correct, yeah. There's another barn about a half a kilometer away. It was totally unaffected, and the staff will continue to work in that facility as well. So, And uh, there was a small feed mill on site. Any damage to that? No, the feed mill is far enough away from the barn that uh, it was unaffected by the fire. For local grain producers, is this going to be a long-term impact on them, or or because the feed mill wasn't affected, will that make a difference? In terms of the feed volume there, it wasn't overly significant. The other barn that was uh, within a half a kilometer, it does have a feed mill, so we'll still be able to move feed through that uh, feed mill there as well. And we have other locations nearby as well that we uh, accept feed grains as well. 
Casey Smith is Olumiel's Vice President of Production. Members of the Sask Soil Group are in day one of a two-day conference examining the concept of healthy foods grown in healthy soil. The conference is in Regina today and tomorrow. Southwest Saskatchewan farmer Mike Hamer is President of the Saskatchewan Soil Conservation Association. Among the seminar sections, titles such as What Your Food Ate and Why and The Flavor Nutrition Connection. We tie together the idea that uh, the health of your soil and and the way that we're the way that we choose to grow the crops and the and the livestock that we do affects the uh, affects the nutritional value of the of what we're growing. This is day one of a two-day Sask Oils event in Regina. Time now for real agriculture with Sean Haney on six twenty CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Hey, Kara Oosteros here with realagriculture.com. I am here today with Gerald Staka, who is the Extension Veterinarian at North Dakota State University. How's it going over there today? It's actually a beautiful day here. How important is snow clearing, you know, fresh bedding, wind protection, all those things during calving if you are facing those extreme conditions? Yeah, if you're outside, of course, you got to move the snow in order to put bedding down. Otherwise, the bedding, you know, it's not going to be much of an insulator. I mean, it still is, but it'd be nice to have bare ground to put that bedding on so that the cattle can be more comfortable. And so that's a big deal because young calves will have a little harder time controlling their body heat unless they've got something that insulates them. And if you look at the behavior of young calves, they want to lay down quite a bit. They get up to nurse, but then they want to go lay down, and, and they can do so and protect their bodies pretty well. And if they got an insulated bed that's got straw or corn stover bales or something, that's a big deal. They, they can kind of handle the cold when it's, when it's that way. So bedding is huge. Do you recommend confinement pens when it comes to winter calving? So that's where the real management comes in. If I got, how many pens can I put in a cow? Depends on the size of the barn, of course. How much space do they need to calve in? They don't need a great deal of space, but how long are they going to be there? That's probably the biggest issue that you're trying to deal with. I, I don't want a calf, especially one that's healthy, to stay in there a week's time. If I can get him out of there after a day or a couple of days and he nursed the cow and he it's, it's healthy. You shouldn't be able to go out and tolerate some of that, some of that weather that's outside. Provided I've got some wind breaks outside, provided I can still bed the ground outside, and and provide some insulation for that calf. So, you know, one of the take home messages for for cold winter calving is it it, it takes more labor, it takes more labor. Probably takes a little more feed. They're certainly going to use more bedding, but you know, there's reasons why people do it. You, you've got a marketing strategy. You're going to try and sell calves. Maybe, you know, in October or November, you want to have calves that can weigh up and be sought after in the marketplace. So it, it does make sense, all right, why this cold weather calving still still persists. And, and it's not my job to change their calving season. It's just that some have gone a little bit later to avoid some of the labor issues, some of the bedding issues, and some of the risk exposure for potential pathogens. And what about calves born to first calf heifers? Are are they considered to be a higher risk for disease? The calves that are born to first calf heifers, the, the re, probably the biggest re, two reasons. Mothering ability isn't always the greatest on these first calf heifers. They've kind of 
they calve a cow and or they they deliver a calf and then they're wondering what that thing is laying behind them. So it might take them a little bit longer to 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 nurture that calf to get up and get nursing. The second thing is the quality of their colostrum is not going to be the same as a cow that's calved a couple times. And by quality, I mean the amount of immunity that's contained in a certain volume. So if a first calf heifer calves and her calf is, we'll just use pound, 80-pound calf, the calf it takes a little bit longer to get up. Um, she's, she, that calf probably going to nurse for a number of minutes. But because the quality isn't there, the calf isn't getting enough, quite enough passive immunity. And if she doesn't nurture them and take care of them, the absorption is going to be impacted. And so that calf may, may be at a greater risk early in life, but it can follow them a little bit farther out as well. Those maybe are the calves that get sick even after weaning. So that, that's one of the risk factors associated with first calf heifers. Any other messages you'd like to send to producers that may be calving now or calving soon? Yeah, my last message was just regarding the stewardship responsibility that we all have to care for these livestock, no matter what the weather is. And so it requires a lot of work and a lot of diligence, but we care for them because we know that that we're responsible for their well-being and for their health. And, and it takes a lot of diligence and labor, and especially in cold weather. And we want to have facilities that contain and can have enough animals in at one time when the weather's bad. And and yet have enough feed on hand and bedding on hand and enough people on hand to deal with the things that can can happen during cold weather calving. So it's a, it's a big responsibility, but one that most of us that have cattle understand. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Real Agriculture Report has been brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly cloudy today with 60% chance of flurries. Wind north 40, gusting to 60. Temperature falling to minus 14 this afternoon. The low, minus 21. Wednesday, increasing cloudiness. 30% chance of flurries tomorrow. Winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high, minus 11. The low, minus 22. Thursday, sunny with a high, minus 8. The low, minus 9. Friday, sunny with a high, minus 1. The low, minus 13. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high minus 4, the low minus 11. Sunday, cloudy, the high minus 5, 60% chance of flurry Sunday, the low minus 15. Monday, partly cloudy with a high of minus 13. Normal high is minus 7, the normal low minus 19. The sun rose at 8.12 this morning. It sets at 6.13 tonight. And currently around the province, the hot spot right now is Estevan in the southeast corner at minus 8. The cold spot up north, Stony Rapids, at minus 30. Once again, Estevan is minus 8, Saskatoon minus 13, Swift Current minus 12, Weyburn minus 11, Yorkton minus 12. In Regina with cloudy sky, it's minus 15, that's 5 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north, northwest at 41. Humidity is 71%, the barometer rising 101.3. 
Cloudy and Moose Jaw minus 14. Winds are from the north northwest at 37, gusting to 50. Once again, Regina Cloudy and minus 15. That's five above Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent edge microactive group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. For months now, Canada's top grocery companies have insisted they're not profiting during these times of high food inflation. Last night, the Commons Agriculture Committee heard from a number of additional presenters, including Jim Stanford. He's a director with an organization called the Centre for Future Work, which has locations in Vancouver and also Australia. In formulating his analysis, Stanford told the committee he uses data collected by StatsCan. There's a number of reasons why I use the Aggregate Statistics Canada source rather than uh, individual corporate financial statements. The Statistics Canada uh, survey has a uh, standardized definition of concepts and terms, whereas individual corporate financial reports may have different terms about some of the specific ratios that they report. And Stanford says his findings contradict those of Canada's big grocery companies. Uh, the main findings of my review, there's no doubt that aggregate profits have risen sharply in food retail in Canada since before the pandemic. In the last four quarters reported by Statistics Canada, net income was 120% higher than it was in 2019, the final year before the pandemic. The profit margin on total sales has also increased notably. The net income margin, net income as a share of total revenue in food retail, up by about three quarters in the last four quarter period compared to 2019. Uh, finally, I also show that the actual quantity of groceries bought by Canadians is shrinking. It spiked during the lockdowns for reasons that we all know, uh, then returned to normal, but now has kept shrinking. And I would view this as a, a worry, certainly a response to higher prices, but also a sign of stress and hunger uh, in Canadian households. Canadians are buying less quantity of groceries today than they were in 2019, even though our population is significantly higher. The commonly heard claim that supermarkets have simply been collecting a constant margin on a growing business uh, is demonstrably false uh, in my analysis for two different reasons. Number one, the margin was not constant. It clearly grew. Number two, the business isn't growing. The business is shrinking in real terms. The actual quantity of groceries going through those stores is falling because Canadians can't afford it. That's Jim Stanford with the Center for Future Work based in Vancouver. On a separate matter, the committee passed a motion brought forward by the NDP's Alastair McGregor to summon the CEOs of the three major companies, Loblaw, Empire and Metro, to appear before the committee. So far, all three have refused. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com.
The Canadian Agri-Food Trade Alliance has raised concerns about a private member's bill proposed by the Bloc. The proposed legislation essentially prevents any further concessions in future international trade deals when it comes to Canada's supply-managed industries like dairy. Second reading of the bill easily passed through the Commons last week and is now heading for committee. During negotiations to secure a new North American trade deal and other trade deals in recent years, the U.S. demanded changes to Canada's supply-managed industries. Canada opened the border to more imports of U.S. and Mexican dairy products as a concession. This bill, if passed, means our supply-managed industries are essentially non-negotiable in any future deal. Canadian Agri-Food Trade Alliance President Dan Darling fears the legislation sets a dangerous precedent. Every country's got some some products or whatever that they hold in high regard, and, and um, they're harder to deal with. In Europe, um, it's, it's beef. Um, but when you go into a negotiation, when our government negotiators go into a conversation with other countries, and, and they know right off the bat that there's a law in place in Canada where they can't even talk about negotiating supply management, they go in at a disadvantage right off the right off the hop, and our negotiators have have stated that uh, you know it, it's handcuffing them right from the start. Darling points to the new North American trade deal as an example. Like obviously, I wasn't there, so any of our information is is second or third hand. But uh, what we've been told was that that uh, supply management was the last, basically the last item that they talked to. Talked, uh, talked about, and, and certainly without a little bit of wiggle room, um, there would not have been a deal. Um, obviously, the United States, and uh, for sure, didn't get what they wanted as far as uh, uh, concessions on supply management, but there was a little bit of give and take, and, and we're able to, uh, to move on with it. So, similar to uh, CETA, similar to... Uh, CPTPP, there has to be a little bit of wiggle room uh, in negotiations. Not giving up the farm by any means, but a little bit of wiggle room. Dan Darling is the president of the Canadian Agri-Food Trade Alliance. The latest Saskatchewan feeder cattle market reports as prices were on the rise during the past week. Provincial cattle specialist Fonda Froats says prices for steers reached over $338 per hundredweight for the 300 to 400 pound category. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were strong and experienced gains amongst all categories for both steers and heifers on the February 10th report. The largest gains were seen in the lighter weights for both steers and heifers. Feeder steer prices ranged from 338.67 per hundredweight for the 3 to 400 pound category to 237.05 for the 900 plus category. Gains across the categories were from 231 at the lower end for the eight to 900 pound steers with the largest price increase week over week being the four to 500 pound weight category, which were up an average of 641 per hundred weight. Saskatchewan feeder heifers ranged from 269 for the three to 400 pound weight category to 216.63 for the 800 plus pound category. The three to four hundred pound category had the largest price increase of ten sixty two compared to the previous week, and the smallest increase was three eighty seven per hundred weight for the seven to eight hundred pound heifers. Here's the market updates with Jim Smalley on six twenty CKRM. 
market update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. And Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. Looking for the perfect vehicle? They'll find a match that exactly fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading. Durham gained $4 at 4.4626. Canola declined $1.80 at 8,892. Number one red spring wheat rose 45 cents at 4.1423. The rest were unchanged. Feed barley 3.6758. Chickpeas 11.2436. Flax 6.3698. Lentils 694.40, oats 229.32, yellow peas 459.88, feed wheat 289.56. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March went down one and a half cents at 9.29 and a quarter cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 6:20 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of February 14th. Our last regular sale was on February 1st. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.95 cents to $1.05. D3 cows sold from $0.85 cents to $0.95. Cents. Counter cows sold from $0.70 cents to $0.85. Cents. Heiferet sold from $1.45 to $1.60. And Good Butcher Bulls sold from $1.20 to $1.36. We had a pre-sorted calf sale here on Monday. 400 to 450 pound steers averaged 3 dollars and nine cents and sold up to three dollars and thirty cents. Four fifty to five hundred pound steers averaged three dollars and nine cents and sold up to three dollars and thirty five cents. Five hundred to five fifty pound steers averaged three dollars and seven cents and sold up to three dollars and thirty five cents. Five fifty to six hundred pound steers averaged three dollars and sold up to three dollars and eighteen cents. Six hundred to six fifty pound steers averaged two dollars and ninety cents and sold up to three dollars and ten cents. Six fifty to seven hundred pound steers averaged $2.80 and sold up to $2.96. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged $2.64 and sold up to $2.77. And 800 to 900 pound steers averaged $2.53 and sold up to $2.64. Heifers were about 40 to 45 cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights from the sale were a load of 500 pound grassers steers at $3.35 a pound, a group of 550 pound tan steers at $3.16 a pound, a load of 600-pound black steers at $3.10 a pound, a group of 650-pound tan steers at $2.96 a pound, a group of 700-pound tan steers at $2.77 a pound, and a load of 780-pound Angus steers at $2.64 a pound. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And today's pork price quotes, $185.75 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Premier Scott Moe says he had a good trade trip to Texas last week. The Premier promoted Saskatchewan's energy resources. 
Then we were off to Houston on an uh, energy investment uh, summit, uh, which, uh, yes, did have a focus on oil, as much of our, our oil ends up uh, being refined down in the Gulf Coast, uh, but also did include a, a large uh, contingent of uh, nuclear uh, providers, nuclear uh, producers potentially uh, here in Saskatchewan, uh, lithium uh, industries uh, from Saskatchewan, helium industries from Saskatchewan, uh, those involved in the rare earth elements uh, space, uh, as well as uh, a significant interest actually in, in the renewable fuels in some of the uh, different states providing, potentially providing some of the renewable fuels, renewable fuel feedstock for uh, some of those areas. And so, you know, changing uh, atmosphere uh, and a changing environment most certainly uh, here in uh, in Canada on the healthcare front, but across North America as we continue to engage on uh, providing energy security to all of all our fellow North Americans uh, years into the future. Premier Scott Moe speaking to reporters yesterday in Regina. On the markets, the TSX is down 102 points at 20,600. The Dow has fallen 357 points to 33,888. Oil has gone down $1.25 at 78.89 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 74.80 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of the broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news, on your voice for everything ag, 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.